From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. On today's show, we'll speak with a young man who overcame a lot of odds in his childhood to become an author and motivational speaker. Tommy Mabry joins us first this morning, and then we'll speak with a couple of the members of the band, The Cut. They're young musicians with a lot of talent, and we'll talk with them about their first EP. Our question today is this. What's your favorite Christmas or holiday song? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING or email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. Hey, we'll be right back after the news. This is MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Wow, from MPB Think Radio, this is now you're talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Absolutely gorgeous Monday. Okay, what's well, raining? It's a little bit glum out there, but that's all right. We have got a fantastic show. I think one that's going to energize your Monday because in the studio, and we'll get to him in just a few minutes, but Tommy Mabry's here, and you're probably thinking to yourself, Tommy Mabry, maybe I've heard that name before. Well, you've probably seen, I know Walt Grayson did a great piece on him one time on TV, uh, and you maybe even seen his book in the bookstore, but I tell you what, you're going to be blown away because he is very inspirational and already i've been talking to him for about five minutes off the air and i'm ready to get out there and make a difference in the world too after just talking to him so tommy's gonna be on and also we'll speak with a couple of members of the band the cut and they're young musicians they have a lot of talent they're just really getting going they've got their first ep out there and we're going to talk a little bit about them the process and so forth about what it's like and i tell you i listened to some of the songs on itunes that's where i got it from uh what do you think now they did a good job really do it's really good and uh you, you know they talk about interviews energy a lot and there's a lot of energy mm-hmm. uh, on their work so good they're stuff. really talented i mean they're just at the beginning <laughs> so it, it's amazing some of them are straight out of high school and college you know so that's very encouraging to get started and they already have a recording project that's but, amazing but you know it's amazing and of course i have my son's in the band and a lot of people that are listening have kids that are in the band or in the band these they all met while they were in the band together mm-hmm. and you know you never know when you're in a situation like that how it's going to change your life so anyway looking forward to talking to the cut as well a lot of things going on in the news out there. And I tell you, it's been a really kind of a tragic week. Uh, you see the fire out in Oakland. Uh, I think the death toll is now 33, but they're saying it's going to get much, much higher. And then, of course, there was a very, very rough fire about this time last week in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And I know many, many people in Mississippi vacation in the Smoky Mountains. It is the number one most frequent in park in the United States of America, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Gatlinburg, therefore, is the gateway, so it gets a lot of people going through there. So... Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my situation with it, because that's where my family's from. So it's a really, it was a tough thing. And I'm going to read this little essay that I've got here. The old smoky candy kitchen is one of those bookends of my life. It's located in the middle of downtown Gatlinburg, and it makes the best homemade taffy ever. My four grandparents, and I mean, I won that lottery, would take me to Gatlinburg every summer when I was a kid. And I'd sit there mesmerized as a man would feed taffy into this giant taffy pulling machine. And it was very cool. 35 years later, I stood there with my youngest son as he was mesmerized by the same thing, and I told him that I used to watch a man do the same thing when I was a kid. The guy in a very gruff voice said, That was me. 
Well, Gatlinburg is a gateway to the Smokies and to much of my life. The, my great-grandfather had an opportunity to buy much of the land before the Great Smoky Mountain National Park was a park, but he didn't. And while it seems insane now, he was wise back then to buy farmland somewhere else. The town was one of the poorest places in the United States back then. Uh, then came the park and the tourism with it. Originally built like an alpine village, it has evolved and grown over the years to become a combination of beauty and a little bit of kitsch. Uh, I love the place for all the good and not so good. I took dates there in college. I went to parties and condos that are now gone. I take my family there frequently, and we've done the tourist attractions and eaten pancakes because pancake restaurants are their version of Starbucks coffee houses. There's practically one on every corner. Gatlinburg is a place full of good people, and now they're hurting. See, I read about every history. I've read about every history printed of the Great Smoky Mountains. My grandfather went on dates in the mountains. My grandfather worked in a nearby sawmill for a while. My dad rode horses up there and would pose with bears for the tourists from Ohio. That was when he was a kid. The place is part of my DNA. That's why I couldn't sleep the other night as it burned. Hey, it'll come back. Uh, the awesome Ripley's Aquarium was unscathed, and Ober Gatlinburg somehow escaped damage. Uh, downtown survived. The forest will recover because that land was practically a moonscape in the 20s from overlogging and fires. But I'm worried about the people who rely on tourism for their livelihood. The good news? Well, there'll be a lot of construction jobs. Insurance money will eventually flow, and it'll take a while to get there. Trauma has to be overcome. Lives have to be rebuilt first. I'm donating to relief efforts and will share links I find, and I'll continue to take my family to the Smokies so we can explore the wonders and leave my money behind. And I'll cheer as Tennessee lives up to its nickname, the Volunteer State. Fire can destroy or it can forge. I think that area will be forged into something stronger, more beautiful. How? Because spirit is something that flames can't touch. Very, very tough time for them up there. Yeah. And, and we know about that here because we went through Katrina. I mean, we understand right. what it's like when you wake up one day and everything you've had is like, completely gone yeah and fire's um, just different i mean you showed me a, a video of them driving through the fire i mean that was really really scary i can't imagine i mean if i were going to paint a painting of hades it would look like what that looked like on that as well mm-hmm. so um we do have a question of the day what is your favorite christmas or holiday song hey why not because i mean it is the season finally we can start what's yours about, you know i have a lot of favorites but there's a guy named john barry who's out of athens georgia I uh, heard him sing there one time when my wife was in college at the University of Georgia, who sings Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic rendition of that. That's See, one of that, my, that makes me cry. Oh Holy Night. It's, so, it's such a beautiful song. It yeah. makes me cry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all those things, too, because those are the ones I liked as a kid. Yeah. But that one, if you're, you know, I'm sitting around right now thinking, eh, Christmas, what a pain, you know, because, you know, you're out there shopping, you're busy, you're doing book signings, all the good things I'm doing right now. Man, when you start hearing that, it puts everything back in perspective. For me, it's the, the most wonderful time of the year. I yeah. love that song. I love it. It's the most wonderful. I don't, I'm not going to say. Oh, it, please do. No, but oh, come I, on. I love it. You know, uh, that song just gets me in the mood no matter where I hear it. So that's you, my favorite. You were in Monroe uh, doing some stand-up comedy this weekend. Yep. Uh, the Monroe Civic Center with Ricky Smiley. It was really fun. Excellent. You said you had a good crowd. Yeah, about 2,000 people there. Um, so it could be kind of intimidating, but luckily uh, they were very receptive. So that was good. It was a very quick drive. That was the, the most fun part about the gig. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> when, yeah, I'm, I've got a book signing this afternoon in Hattiesburg mainstream books at four o'clock and i get to drive down highway 49 in the rain and probably will get caught by every traffic light so yeah, it was raining the entire time Oof. going to monroe and i mean folks just don't know how to drive in the rain man i don't know what it is public service announcement there's a little thing on your dashboard called headlights 
thing, you know, you turn on your headlights because I know it's cool to be stealthy and invisible. But this morning in this rush hour this morning, everybody's like driving with no lights on. It's like, come on, folks. I think I need some more lights because mine are not bright enough on my little Nissan that I have. It seems I can barely tell I have them on. So maybe I can get Jason or somebody to, to install some more lights. Yeah, you need to get like the big bank of fog lights up on the top. Right. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> that'd look really good. All right. Well, I tell you what, we do have a great, great guest. I'm looking forward to him being on. In fact, he's standing right here. He's, well, standing. I mean, let him, let him sit down. Good another. Tommy Mabry is here. Tommy, man, it's good to see you. Hey, it's good to see you too, man. It's yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. You've already been working this morning. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Where'd you speak this morning? This morning I had to go to Hazelhurst, so I was there. Um, When I leave here, we actually get on the road once we finished. We headed to Memphis to speak, so... I'm a busy person. You went to Hazelhurst and back already this morning. Already. <laughs> and got to get right back on the road once I finish. And going to Memphis. Yeah, be careful. It's, it's awfully wet out there. It's like, Thank uh, you. So I'm crazy on that. Who'd you speak to? Some The kids at Hazelhurst. Ah. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. And that's that's got to be one of the most fun things that you get to do is you get to talk to kids. Yes, sir. Yeah, because, you know, you look out in the audience and you see you out there, don't you? That's it. That's what keeps me going every day. Because yeah. I know I can adapt to them. And I've been where they've been, where they yeah. at now. I used to be there. So I don't take it for granted. Well, let's talk a little bit about your story, because your backstory is one that is very, very powerful and very incredible as well. Grew up here in Jackson. Yes, sir. Uh, probably a very rough neighborhood, if not one of the roughest neighborhoods in Jackson. Right. Yeah. And and it's me coming from an environment where I was fighting for acceptance. Yeah. I mean, when I say I come from a family of six, no one in my family ever finished high school. Right. I don't have the model. I didn't get the blueprint to success. So everything I learned came from the neighborhood. And it's so funny that every time, everywhere I go, I always hear people say it takes a village to raise a child. But what if the village corrupt? Right. So now you got to look at what, 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 who's raising your child. Like, I didn't come from the best environment, but my environment taught me everything that I know now. I used all the experience that I had from the neighborhood to mold me into this person that I am today. So it's some great people in my neighborhood. But we was asking a question off air. What yeah. you give that kind of child? That never seen greatness, never seen a way out. What you give him, and you got to give him hope. It's not. I love the the Thanksgiving drives and the book bag drives, and that's beautiful. But the biggest thing you can give a child is vision and hope, right? Dreams and time and time. That's yeah. the biggest commodity you can ever have is time. You can't get that back. You you have parents that wasn't active in their kid's life and come back ten years later. You missed a lot. <laughs> That's big. That right. time, you won't get a second again. You won't get that second again. You so. got caught up into, into some small crimes and so forth just because that was, like you said, it was part of being accepted was doing that. Right. At one point, you even got caught breaking into the state fairgrounds. Yes, sir. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was actually in the fifth grade at the moment. Everything I did started at a young age. I yeah. was kicked out of seven JPS schools. Seven? Seven. Wow. And it was all because of I didn't know nothing outside of my neighborhood. Yeah. I was I didn't even think I can read and write growing up, to be honest. And I always act out in school so nobody would laugh at me. Like, right. even the makeup for what I didn't know, I didn't want to stand up and read. So I just made jokes. I bullied kids so they wouldn't laugh at me. Right. So I, my behavior from the neighborhood went into the school system. I learned how to um, sell drugs at a very young age. I'm very transparent. So I, I learned how to steal cars, breaking houses. That was my lifestyle at a young age. So first time I actually was locked up was actually in the fifth grade for breaking in the state fairground. Wow. Judge told me in five years I'd be dead or locked up. So 
I think about that everywhere I go now. I was just disturbed. I was young, didn't know better. My neighborhood didn't applaud the guy with the shirt and tie on and the the book bag on his back. My, I didn't get applause for that. Yeah. So in my neighborhood, that's considered lame. Right. And you got to understand, I'm fighting for acceptance, too. I also got to fit in because I get talked about or they get I get bullied. So I had to. That's the only thing I knew was being hard and doing what I saw everybody else doing. You take a guy like me and put him in an environment. You tell me to put my shirt and tie on. I didn't come from that. And you ask me to pull my pants up and talk with respect. And I'm very young and everybody I'm around doing one thing. Right. I'm forced to do that at that moment. It's, it's like other than that, I'm going to be talked about. And that was my motto growing up. Like, I'm a, I'm fighting for acceptance. I remember at one point, and basketball is a big part of your life, too. At one point, you got shot in the foot. And the, and the doctor told you something very profound. He told me I'd never play basketball again. Yeah. And basketball was my escape route. Yeah. I had already been kicked out of all these schools. I had already got the the appearance that I had today. I started getting tattoos at a very young age. How many do you have? You have some awesome uh, tattoos, have, by the way. <laughs> it's probably over 60 now. Wow. And I was getting tattoos since I was in sixth grade. I had permanent gold teeth in middle school. I was kicked out of four middle schools. I repeated eighth grade. So basketball was the only thing. I was in and out of youth detention center. I wasn't. I thought it was smart to be dumb and dumb to be smart. Like you, and yeah. that sounds bad, but I really thought it was smart to be dumb and dumb to be smart. Smart to me was 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 lame. You're right. So basketball was my escape route, and people would always tell me, "Tommy, you need a backup plan just in case basketball don't work." Um, the mayor of Jackson, belated, um, rest in peace to Mr. Shokwe Lamoon, but he took me on the road with him, and oh. I was playing basketball. I was getting outside of that neighborhood now. Like, we was talking about that early. I started seeing other basketball players who had dreams of going to college and playing on a college level, and I'm like, I ain't never thought about that. So I was traveling the world, playing in Vegas, North Carolina, and I was like, you know what? Basketball is starting to be something. It started to be a part of me. Whatever you committed to on this earth is going to either develop you or destroy you. Right. But it, gonna, it will define you. So I got committed to basketball, and then I got shot. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Tommy Mabry, incredibly powerful story. We're going to continue with that as well. We do have a question of the day. What is your favorite Christmas or holiday song? And you can get in contact with us at 877-MPB-RING. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Raining out there. Be careful. You know, travel safe. And it's the first time we've really had rain in probably about three months. So it's a little bit slick out there. We want you to be safe. We do have a question of the day. What's your favorite Christmas or holiday song? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. But right now we have a very talented guy in the studio who has an amazing life story and is paying it forward because he's had a lot of blessings and he's out there spreading those blessings around. we got Tommy Mabry is with us. Uh, Tommy, I tell you, we're talking about your, your life growing up. You grew up in a tough neighborhood. You're, all your role models, they say you're the sum of your five closest friends. 
And that speaks volumes sometimes because you right. didn't exactly. But at this point, you just, thanks to basketball, became your magic carpet to get you out and around the world. So right. tell us a little bit about that because you, you were traveling everywhere in basketball, and that even got you into college, didn't it? Right. You, you, you said something very important when you said um, about the five friends. Yeah. And one of my mottos is you show me your crowd, I show you your future. And right. Your, the person that, that spent more time with you, they got your biggest influence. T.D. Yeah. Jakes once said if a person have your ear, they have your influence. So if you're the person that I'm listening to every day, you become right. my influence at that moment. So basketball was, was everything for me. That was the reason I woke up every morning. I didn't have a, another dream. I didn't have nothing else but basketball. So I always hear um, you need a backup plan. Like you have tattoos on your neck, your hand. And I'm like, I'm going to the NBA. I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing the school route. But I got shot in high school. I was recruited by so many colleges around the world. I was averaging so many amount of points. I was ranked in the country. I was ranked in the state. And I skipped school. I was shot at 10 o'clock. Wow. Freak accident. Not knowing if I walk out to school, I'll be shot. Or not knowing if I just skip school, I'll be shot. The doctor said, Tommy, you will never play basketball again. And at that moment, my... I felt like my life failed. Like everything I ever done to give my family support, I ruined it. My dad, the worst conversation you can ever have. He got the phone call, you need to come to the doctor, your son been shot. Yeah. My dad was like, Man, that's our way out. That's our everything. He come to every game, like to hear that it hurt him because he like my son at school. He got there and the doctor showed him the x rays of my foot. They said he'll never move that foot properly. Wow. I feel like I was I was down. Not and all my friends, all my guys, nobody came to visit me at that moment. Like, I had all the support when I was playing basketball. Everybody supported me. You discovered who your friends truly were. That's where it happened. Yeah. In order to get something you never had, you got to do something you never did and become a person you never been. Yeah. So what that said is, in order to get something you never had, like the dreams you dream of and the goals you want, you got to do something you never did. And that may mean sacrificing something, sacrificing right. your crowd. I had to separate from everybody, and I prayed. I prayed I'm a praying man. I got committed to the church. I thought I'd never play basketball again. God took me from a problem to a statement to a solution. I seeked him. I did what was important. He got me back on the court. But at that time, I had a 1.8 in high school. <laughs> I wasn't. But I'm like, I'm not making this mistake again. Like, right. I knew then all my friends was doing so much time in prison. Some doing life sentence. Some was getting killed. And I'm like, why is I'm still living? Why I'm still this person? So, I knew then I was ready to turn. That was my turning point. And I can learn all the rap music, come out. I knew all of that. I can learn a song in one week. I can learn 18 songs, but I can't learn nothing that the teacher t been teaching for years. She been teaching for the whole year. I ain't learned it yet. It's because my priorities in the wrong spot. Right. That's the law of attraction. It's what you're thinking in your heart. If you focus on it so much, you become that. I was focusing on the streets and that rap music. I was learning it. So I started doing that like I do I started studying like that, mm -hmm. and I went from 1.8 to playing college basketball, and I thought I'd never play again. So I started committing myself to what was important at that point. How'd you rehab your foot? It took me six weeks to really, I think about six weeks to get back in shape. I was so determined to get back yeah. on the court. I had My first game, I had to play with a big boot on my foot. <laughs> I couldn't do all the little things that I took for granted, like running walking, putting on a shoe. Yeah. I couldn't wear a shoe for a long time. So I started really doing some rehabbing. My first game, my first few games was in a boot, a, a boot to go on my shoe. 
and I averaged like my career high in that week really? with that boot on because I you you don't understand like to have that took away from me and it was something that I did like I ruined my dreams at that moment I did something like that you so, took personal responsibility for your life at that moment yes yeah. and with me getting back on the court when everybody went away from me and they were like, this guy ain't going to the league. At least I mm-hmm. thought I was going to the league. Nobody yeah. else did but me. I thought I was going to the <laughs> NBA. Nobody else would have ever thought that that was that where I was going. Coming right. from here, like, you don't see that too often. But I thought I was going. But I didn't take nothing for granted after that. Nothing, either being an educator. I started taking work serious because I said, what if that happened again? Right. At first, I wasn't because the doctor asked me, said, now that basketball is over with, what are you now? I said, nothing. That's powerful right there. So me te- with me telling myself I'm nothing, I can hear a lot of people say, you'll never be nothing in life. But I, I, I owned up to it and said I'm not because I didn't have another. I didn't have nothing else I knew how to do at that moment. You didn't have a parachute. Right. Not, I didn't have one at all. <laughs> so I was just out there. So I um I, I took nothing for granted from that yeah. point. I started mean, taking school series and everything. And you ended up at Tougaloo and became Mr. Tougaloo, by the right. way, which is pretty cool. That I finished high school, 1.8. Nobody ever in my family... Got an education past high school. I don't have a cousin at that moment to ever go to college. I didn't have no one to look up to from college. I made it to Missouri State, and I ended up going to Tougaloo. I ran for Mr. Tougaloo. At that moment, I took education so serious, I went from a 1.8 to a 3.5. I ran for Mr. Tougaloo. I love Tougaloo College so much, first of all. But they, I was getting so much criticism. The alumni was like, we're not going to let this thug represent our college because I got tattoos everywhere. But that was only campaigning. And and I took it. I knew where it was coming from now. They yeah. weren't the best representative for the college. It wasn't nothing personal. But it was a lot of alum and a lot of people that were really pushing for me. The president of the college was pushing for me. So they wrote a letter of recommendation for me. They said, not only do this guy have over 3.5, He's the tutor in education. Like, and people was like, wait a minute, we need to take, we need to go back and review this. And I won Mr. Two. I ran against four guys that was there way before I got there. I got there as a junior. And now one of the best days ever at graduation, Tommy Mabry with a bachelor's degree in education, I missed the Tougaloo College with honors. That was so priceless for me. I cried like the whole time because I didn't come from that era. So that's my wife for doing everything I do because I wasn't told about college. I ain't want to go to college, but I ended up representing the, one of the top HBCUs in the country. And I graduated from there, and I get my master's in May. I walk in May, and I start my Ph.D. in August. What are you going to get it in? Child development. Fantastic. So it's nothing in this world you can't have. Right. You can let people set limits for you and say that you can't make it, you can't amount to this because they didn't. And, and it's not personal. Half of the time when people say you can't do something, it's because they don't see themselves doing it. It's not that, that they don't want you to make it. They just don't see themselves doing what what you want to do if they was in your shoes. So I wake up every morning like I wasn't told about this life. I get a P. I'm gonna start my PhD in August, and I done wrote two books. I'm a bestseller of two books, and I'm the CEO of my company. I'm the director of enrollment at Tougaloo College. I went back to the school that kicked me out. I became a teacher at that school. It's nothing in this world I can't have because I know that I'm great. Right. So. Once you start believing something bigger than yourself, you could start believing in yourself again. Right. It's amazing. Your faith and faith is what got you out of it. That's it. Faith yeah. don't make your job easy. It yeah. just make it possible. Yeah. You, you talk about kids, and uh, you and I were talking a little bit about that. 
you know, the kids in this state are incredibly talented and gifted. Sometimes they don't believe that they can do great things like you were talking about with your life. Right. You're out there talking to them now quite a bit. What, yeah. what, what are you finding out there with kids? I'm finding out that I come across a lot of them that just don't know. Yeah. It, and it's just that simple. We were just speaking not too long ago. It's, it's, I use this very profane. I, I say they, they very ignorant. Ignorant yeah. means you just lack knowledge. You just right. don't know. Nothing, like, it's okay to be ignorant because... But I only I, what I do know is you can only be ignorant a certain amount of time because once you know, and half of the kids really just don't know how to do better because they never was taught that. And it's my job, I feel, to do that. Well, I take that back. That's my purpose to do that. Your job is what you get paid to do. Your right. purpose is who you are. Like, your purpose is what you wake up to do, what you're destined to do. It's my purpose to go out and make sure I give them a voice. And I find kids that's very talented. Even the worst people that kids, the, the people look at him like he'll never be nothing. I can go talk to him and he he start dreaming now because I come from that era and I catch them where they at. Yeah. And I find out they got so much respect, but they were so scared to show the respect because it's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. So many talented kids in Mississippi. I go to the jailhouse, the youth detention center. Kids that's that's been going back and forth to jail. And I ask the people that's over the jail system, what do you do for that child to transition back? Because he been going to jail his whole life. All you did was lock him up and treat him like an animal. That's what he's going to act like when he get back out. He don't know how to transition. I go in and I teach that. I teach him how to transition back, how to become a, a, a great role model when you get out. What are some of the things? That, how do you teach him? What are some of the things you say to I him? I teach him life skills. Yeah. It's not... Listen to me. It's, I can teach you book book knowledge all day, but yeah. if you don't have the the reasoning skills and the the, the comment sense, right? That part of it, you're still gonna be behind. Reasoning skills is something that I found out that our kids really don't have because I didn't ask them. I didn't. I didn't went to the jailhouse and asked them when you stole that car. Did how long did you really think you was gonna ride? I said I was. I was free. I'm a free man. I don't, I'm not wanted by nobody. And when I was coming there, I done seen four or five polices on the way there. Every block I done seen one and I'm innocent. Right. So imagine if you steal a car and now it's out on everybody radio to be looking for this certain car. How long you think you're going to make it? And when I asked him that, he looked at me and he say, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Like, wow. and then that touched me because I understand you really didn't take the time to look at that. Yeah. That's reasoning skills. When you take your time and bag up and say, okay, how long am I going to ride in this stolen car? I joyride for five minutes. I got five years. Then they look at it like, wait a minute, he's teaching us something that the school don't teach us. And that's what is important. That's the reasoning skill. You got a great quote here, your motto. I cannot walk in my future with a, my foot in the past. Correct. Yeah. I got to let it go. You got to let everything go. If you want to move forward, you got you to gotta let what I used to be. If I if I stayed in the past, now my past is what motivate me. Right. My past sure. is what pushed me. Right. But I can't worry about my dad didn't make it. My mom didn't make it. I was kicked out. They said I never like or I somebody did something forward. mean to you. Right. You know, something bad. Let that go. You, you got can... people that's that's still holding grudges from right. three years ago. Like that's dead weight to me. Yeah. Move forward. Like just move. Just forget everything you like today you can start right now. You can start right now if you want it to be great. Right. Just let go habits. That's all it is. The moment you're willing to stop tolerating something, that's when you're going to change. As soon as you change your story, you change your life. Yeah, and change your world. Exactly. Exactly. Your books are, If Tommy Can Do It, We Can Do It. That's one of them. What's the other one? A Dark Journey to that's a Light Future. 
and that's the, a new one. The, a Dark Journey to a Life Future. That's my middle school, high school, and adult read. Yeah. My new one is If Tommy Can Do It, We Can Do It. That's the children that's version. That's right. K through five. Okay, well, that's going to be cool. And I have a coloring book in the back. So I'm reaching every kid. Hey, I love to color. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at coloring. And let me tell you where that started at. Yeah. I was speaking in Atlanta, and a, a family of five came up to me, and I was, I was selling the books to them. Yeah. Um, and this younger kid came up to me and said, you know, I, I want to be like you. He was like, I want to be like you, but I can't read that book because I ain't old enough. And right. I said, you know what? Information change situations. That little information that he gave me, yeah. I said, you know what? I just missed someone. I missed that younger generation, which is important. Because you got to catch them early. Catch them while they're early. That's, yeah. the, that's the critical years. I went back to the drawing board. Took Literally. Me, took me a whole year to become a cartoon. Like I transformed my whole story. I became a, I got with my illustrator, and now I got that K-5 through five book. Tommy, what's your website so folks can find you? It's www.tommymabry.com. My Facebook and Instagram is Arthur Tommy Mabry. I'm so glad you came in today. You really Thank did. You, you probably changed several lives today. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, don't, I don't take it for granted. We need to get you back sometime, too. Thank you, sir. Tommy Martin. Mabry. Good to see you, Tommy. You. All right. Coming up next, The Cut. Two of the very talented band members are going to be in the studio. This is going to be a great, great episode. His question of the day is this. What is your favorite holiday or Christmas song? This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long But I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Ah, Monday. Hope you're having a great day today. Of course, we've got a great show for you. Of course, I want to thank Tommy Mabry for coming in. He's already on the road back to Memphis, but I appreciate him stopping in. And I tell you what, there is a uh, young band out there. I say young because I'm old. I can say that. Uh, that absolutely have produced a fantastic EP, and we're here to talk to them. It's called The Cut is the band. And two of the members are in the audience. I, where is everybody else? What they we got? Of course, just Judson Wright and Ben Axon are here, and Vincent and Vic are not here. Right, and they're brothers. So what they like? Did y'all draw the short straw? Is that how you ended up here, or what? <laughs> well, one is in college, and the other one is in Europe right now. So like, that is no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Europe, we have technology. We could have done that. Oh, right, right. Come on, he could have caught a flight oh, back over to be oh, on the radio for free. They should. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. He um. Yeah, Vic, Vic is our drummer. He's in he's in Europe. He's doing great things over there. And uh, Vince is just finishing up college right now. Graduated three and a half years. And what Fantastic. are y'all up to? I mean, besides sitting in here talking to me yeah. on a wet, rainy, cold Monday. <laughs> well, right, you know, we're we're still making music. Um, we grew, both of us, I think, just graduated in in, in May. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're 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 just you know got this band and. 
we're trying to make it, you know? Yeah, very cool. Now, you met back in the day in high school, Madison mm-hmm. Central. You survived Mr. Goff, mm-hmm. the uh, then band director, who was really tough. Talk about a little bit about that and the relationship that y'all had. And, and I mean, because I know a lot of people are in the band and they get to know each other. And y'all, when did y'all decide, well, we're going to start playing outside of this together? That's, uh, that's an interesting story, I guess. We um, Well, that's what we're here for, is interesting <laughs> stories. I mean, you know. Senior year, um, Judson was real involved in all the jazz band stuff. He uh, he approached me and one of my friends about playing um, for a talent show, and we decided we put it together. We played uh, in the trailer after school for a few weeks and just played around with different songs and came up with some jazz covers and standards and stuff and did a few uh, reworks. We did uh, we did Kanye. <laughs> Which one was that? Kanye. Which we did Heartless by Kanye. Yeah, we did yeah, a little yeah. jazz. Jazz uh, version of Kanye. Yeah, variation yeah. of that. And uh, we ended up doing that. And that's how we started playing together, like outside of school and stuff. And uh, then after freshman year of college, uh, Vince wanted to come out with an album for uh, just some stuff he had had in his head. And he called us together and wanted some help on a few of the songs that he wanted, uh, like a live band kind of sound on mm-hmm. it. And uh, we went to the studio, we recorded those, and we all really liked how that went, and we liked how it, uh, the interactions went and stuff, and we just thought, and like, let's do this some more, and let's write some songs and put this together, and we just kind of went from there. Yeah, I think it was May 2013 is when it like officially started. Okay. Yeah. So, May 2013. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're, you're a four-piece. Mm-hmm. Quartet. So I, mean, I like this. You describe yourselves as an alternative quartet. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice title. What What does that mean? I it mean, just means we can't. Just, we can't explain really. <laughs> okay. So we're just every. This is every band ever. Yeah. Uh, we all. Every band's like we, we can't. You know, we're a mixture of all these different genres. We honestly believe that to be true, but this, we just have a hard time really explaining exactly what our sound is. Probably because we 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 have so many inspirations. We don't we don't really uh, we don't want to sell any any one inspiration or one genre too short that influenced this a lot because a lot of them did yeah okay I'll just throw a few out since obviously not one so, it's, it's so like jazz funk yeah. rock and roll singing songwriter stuff I mean it's just you know we, we little have, R&B yeah right. little R&B we hit harmonies like like a like a uh, what's uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash and really? we uh, <laughs> we uh, you know and we, we have some chords that you know you might find in a Miles Davis song and one of his later you know Fusion, fusion records or something like that. Yeah. Now, obviously, you knew each other for a long time, but when did the chemistry really start clicking between all four of you? Well, we all we all hung out, you know, and so and we all hung out separately from each other. So, like, I mm-hmm. was in a the show was in a show choir band with the twins that who yeah. are here right now, and I mean Ben. Yeah, I hear you twi- talk about them. I know, I know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe uh, and uh, you know Ben, you you hung out with them all the time just in marching band. Oh yeah, just, I was. Mm-hmm. I've been close friends with both of them since like seventh grade. Yeah, so the, the okay. chemistry comes from our friendship, really, and just us knowing each other for so long, and it right. made it really easy to play music with each other. I mean, a band's like a marriage. Yeah, and then you got two brothers in there thrown in there too. So I, I mean, know, it's family, marriage, business partners, it's, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. It's everything you're not supposed to mix together. I've listened to your you know, I've listened to your songs and we're going to listen to one in just a minute. But um you guys have a lot of energy for a recording cuz sometimes I mean you know there's always a big difference between live music and what you do cuz you can really play around in the studio and add a lot of textures and a lot of layers and y'all pretty much successfully did that. Um I mean it's 
pretty impressive. It really well, is. Because, appreciate that. Because a lot of times you hear a band live and they have a lot more energy live than they do on the recording. Me and Ben have the same conversation all the time. So yeah. it's tripping me out. It's like something you exactly, go for. You're exactly on point. Thank yeah. you. Well, and that's, wow. You know, as a cartoonist, I value, you know, I'm very Detail. smart when it comes yeah. to music. You know, that's well, uh, <laughs> naturally. But no, I mean, it is true. And I mean, you, you managed to do that. Talk about that process in the, in the studio. Well, uh, for... Especially with this EP, uh, the EP which is, is named the Day EP. The Day, because I was going to say the D A E H, which would you looked at me like, okay, no, you're the first. Okay, yeah. um, that's we picked five songs that we thought were the best mixture of some of the stuff that we do. We it was kind of like a sampler EP, yeah. sort of like the different sounds that we have, and so a lot of them are um, ones that we play often. Right, uh, live, and then we've played for a long time. So we wanted to, um, we wanted to make sure that they didn't just sound like some like a live recording, uh, and just have that you know static thing and just the four instruments that we can play at one time and stuff. So we made sure to sit and think uh, about different things that we could layer on after we we did the base layer of what we always do with the songs, and then we made sure to take it. Uh, we really put thought into taking it somewhere else other than just like the live sound, adding extra stuff that we couldn't do, just the four of us live. Medic seems like a song that was one that maybe started out a little bit simpler, but you guys mm-hmm. really threw everything into that song. Absolutely. Yeah. Sharita, which one's this? That's Medic, so I thought. We'll listen to Medic for here for a second. Talking to the band The Cut, and that is the song The Medic. You, I mean, you could really powerful bass line in that. Mm-hmm. You can hear some of the. It's, just, it's really. Um, That's that, Vince. That'd be a lot of fun to do. Oh, it is fun. It's fun to play live. It's fun to record. I remember us sitting. A lot of us just sitting in like a room in my house, just just you know laying stuff on top of other stuff, and yeah. just oh, what goes well with this and that, and it just it blew, it really blossomed into a really really nice song. Yeah. Where'd you guys record? Uh, everywhere. A lot of my house, you know, okay. and a lot of my parents' house. Isn't that amazing now yeah. that you can have oh the technologies gosh. out there that you can sit there and mix your own record? It's amazing. Yeah, it's that, amazing. that whole EP was uh, at homes, like Vig and Vince's house, Judson's house. Yeah, so it and used to would take you like tens of thousands of dollars to even get mm-hmm. that far, and you can just do it pretty much. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Does they, were there any roadblocks of doing it? I mean... Oh, there's, there's always definitely roadblocks, because you don't have the infrastructure. Like, we don't have a... A full mixing board, like for instance, like what Rita has in the back, you yeah. know. So we we have to like record pieces of it and right. then all put it together in the end. So you can't really record it all at once. So that's you know kind of an issue at times. What else? What other kind? Of, what else kind of stuff that we we run into? Uh, just the quality of mm-hmm. equipment. You don't we don't necessarily have the you know right high end professional studio equipment. But yeah. that even that becomes fun because you can do. It's like me trying to take pictures with my iPhone. You can <laughs> you can do cool things once yeah. you figure out the limitations yeah. of it. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with the cut question of the day is this: What is your favorite Christmas or holiday song? You can give us a call at eight seven seven MPB ring, or you can email us at marshall at MPB online. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Crash in the door, 
body, but I could have died. Now I'm staring at your face, bombs burst in your eyes. Now I know nowhere to say. I'm fighting for my life, running past the bodies, hearts dead long ago. Could I be one of them? This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Listen to the song Better by The Cut, who's in the studio with us. And, of course, we do have a question of the day. What's your favorite Christmas or holiday song? And we do have Kevin on the line. Kevin, how are you today? Oh, it's a rainy day in Coltport. I know. Finally, we're getting rain after three months of nothing. So, um, question of the day. What is your favorite Christmas or holiday song? The David Bowie, Bing Crosby, Little Drummer Boy collaboration. You know, yeah. I just love that song. It takes me back to... When I was really young, and Bing Crosby was still synonymous with Christmas songs, and it takes me back to my teens and 20s when Boy was a personal favorite. And it's just such an unlikely duo, and I think it's a wonderful song. I think it's a wonderful thing that they did that. And he died, I think, three days after he recorded it. Wow. And, you know, I think, you're, I think you've touched on something that what makes that song so special is because it's so weird that those two are in the same room together. And I think that's that energy somehow made that song really special. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Uh, okay, well, we have... Marlou called in, too. She said hers is a Oh Holy Night. Yeah, there you um, go. I'm, I'm all about that. Your oh. Facebook page blew up when you put the question up. Uh, this Christmas by Donny Hathaway. CJ says that's also one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Mary, did you know? Uh, oh, many people said that. Silent Night, of course. Um, Holly Jolly Christmas. Oh, that's another good one. Um, did the did the cut state their favorite? No, so I, haven't. I, was gonna, I was about to get to that question with them. So I mean, come on, what's your favorite one? I don't know if I have a. I was so we were talking about it in the lobby. I don't know if I have like a favorite song, but I know my favorite album is um, "When My Heart Finds Christmas" by Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, did y'all have that one? Yeah, that's good I stuff. Like we were talking about. It. I think everybody, every parent that's like that's that's my our parents' age like have that Christmas album because I guess it was really popular. Like the Early 2000s or something. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. The early 2000s. Back then in the dark yeah. ages, right? Back when they were still listening to CDs and crazy stuff like that. What did y'all do back then? Uh, we had Walkmans. Whoa. Yeah, they're great. You put this thing called a cassette in them. They were really old school. Uh, I like the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vince Giraldi. Yeah. yeah Giraldi. Giraldi. Yeah, I, I, I should know that by now. No, I just think I of the either. chocolate, actually. <laughs> so there <laughs> he goes. I'm hungry, so there you go. But yeah, that's... And I've got like two or three of his CDs. Mm. He's just incredible He's, jazz guy. Yeah. So good stuff. All right, you guys are... Are you working on anything now? Oh, yeah. Oh, what are you working mm. on now? We've got an album in the works. It's going to be... Uh, I remember the exact number of songs, like... It's a full album, about 12, 13 songs. And uh, we recorded most of it uh, over the summer before Vic left. We yeah. recorded all his parts, and then we've been adding all our extra stuff since then. And we're just in the uh, we're in the finishing phases of that, and it's going to take a little while. But we anticipate that. to uh, That's supposed to be coming out in uh, next spring. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the meantime, you guys are out performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where are you performing at? You know, uh, we uh, 
we don't have anything on the books right right now. Okay. But um, I think we were looking we're looking forward to, to playing hopefully in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, a good bit. Well, yeah. it doesn't help when your band's scattered all over know, green earth. I know. I know. <laughs> so. I know. But you know, he's he's doing great things. So what's he doing in Europe, by the way? Yeah, he's uh he, he's he's playing in Sweden. He's uh, he's played with a, a, a you know a few really really interesting acts over yeah. there and just really getting some some of the world music chops yeah. down. Yeah. Sharita, you played in Europe. What was that like? It was excellent. I found that there was a great appreciation for Mississippi music. Um, yeah. I mean, folks wanted to get my drumsticks and keep them as souvenirs. It was a really wonderful experience. Uh, you know, I often say there was a language barrier, but there was still a lot of connection there. They, so, they still spoke music. Yeah. I want to go back. The flight was long, but the experience was, was priceless. You know, I've worked with you for over two years, and you've never offered me a drumstick. Oh, I'm crushed. I mean, I need my drumsticks. Well, I know you do. You never offered me a, a cartoon. Well, you never asked for one. <laughs> See? I mean, I drew you one time. Let's yeah. set this up. Well, that's true. I know. Obviously, <laughs> hang on as we have a domestic quarrel here in the middle, in the middle of our thing. We're going to have to have counseling. We, we do have a couple more calls, Marshall. Okay, uh, good. Jerome is on the line. Hey, Jerome. What's your favorite Hi, Christmas song? Hey, how you doing? Oh, doing great. What's your okay, favorite? Are we talking about the favorite Christmas song? Yes, sir. Okay, you know that my favorite to make the season ring in correctly is Carla Thomas. Gee whiz! Really? You ever heard that? No, I haven't. So I was going to ask Carla Thomas. Gee whiz! It's Christmas. That's excellent. We'll have to. I want to find that one and play a little bit of them. Maybe on the next show. That'd be great. Hey, appreciate the yeah, call. Man. Thank you. All right, who's next, Sharita? Who we got next? We have Linda in Port Gibson. Hello, Linda in Port Gibson. What's your favorite Christmas song? Well, to really bring in the True meaning of Christmas? Yes, ma'am. My favorite Christmas song is uh, Please Come Home for Christmas by Charles Brown. Excellent. Very. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. That's a very good song. All right, good deal. Thank you. Who we got next? Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Mikey and Mobile who called in, yeah. and uh, I forgot which song she said that fast. It was a, a John Lennon song, and this was Christmas, maybe. That's what she yeah. said. Yeah, so that was her pick. I know there's there are songs. You know, I like to hear like new versions of standards and everything, and that's mm-hmm. always good. But they're always the ones that you heard growing up as a kid that you're always going to be locked into. You know, the Bruce Springsteens and stuff like that. Uh, we're always good stuff. All right, we're talking about the cut. They are in here. We got Judson Wright and Ben Axon are in the house. So you guys are kind of taking a little hiatus you're working on the album and mm-hmm. everything where can folks find your music so we got it on we, they can find the ep on catch me if i'm wrong ben so Bandcamp, Bandcamp, mm-hmm. itunes itunes spotify spotify what, what is what are the other ones uh apple music yeah apple well, music by, by yeah. the nature of being on title. itunes title whatever yeah. so i'm curious to ask you guys um with the internet and everything, uh, you know, are, how are you learning about um, streaming and how much money you're supposed to get and royalties and things like that? Are you very well versed in, in the, business the, side. the business side? Yes. Uh, I think we're learning that as this EP goes. That's something I like about the EP is that, you know, we use it as a sampler for our music, but it's also kind of a sample into the actual making, uh, having music out that people are buying because we put out stuff on SoundCloud that you can just listen to for free and stuff. And we put a little live EP on Bandcamp before this that's free. And uh, But this is the first thing we've actually charged for. So it's interesting to see what kind of money comes from that and where more money comes from and who 
who is paying more attention to which yeah. uh, platforms and like where we get the numbers from. Right. It's like an education just as you go. Well, yeah. We yeah. learned a lot. We, we learned a ton of stuff uh, on the, on the EP just about how to make music, how to record it properly. Yeah. And the business side, we, we try to work out all the kinks. So when we get to this album, we can, it can be as smooth a ride as possible and launch full force. Too. I know exactly. Yeah, Cause you actually want to, you know, b- eat. <laughs> right. That's important. Yeah, off our music, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're not working. I know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Y'all do have a website. What is it? Oh, well, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash the band cut. The band cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, Twitter at we the cut. Instagram uh, at underscore the cut. Mm. Okay, easy enough. So oh, yeah. social media, we're all over. You're all mm. over social media, mm. so that's good. And some people can keep up with you and know when you're going to play live. You know, mm. but say playing live, playing the songs live, that must be a different experience. It is. It is. Um, it's a lot more energy driven. You know, yeah. we don't worry about as many parts because right. we only have you know four sets of hands. And you got to feed off the crowd too. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so what's going to be interesting is that the EP was more live first, and then move into recording this album has some of those still but then we've got four or five new brand new songs that we've never played live we've never even played all together at one time yeah so that'll be an interesting uh switch to have to play turn recorded music into a live performance all right gentlemen thank you for joining us today thank you for having and i want to thank everybody for listening as well this was another great show to say the least so we know what your favorite christmas song is that's important we had an incredibly inspiring story from tommy today that was good stuff too and of course the band the cut we're going to be back next week i want to thank sharita for producing thank you coming up next is southern remedy this is now you're talking we will see you next week when you need to speak but you say too much the silencers more than words when you know what you need but you're out of touch this can't be what you've earned